Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. MVP Mitchell. Man, as soon as I go to break, we've got some big breaking NBA news from Adrian Wojnarowski. As soon as this happened and I go to the commercial break, I'm screaming, What? What? And Jordan's assuming that I'm talking about this Gonzaga-West Virginia game, and I do have West Virginia plus eight and a half, and they are winning by six late in the first half, so I'm feeling good about that one. Like, no, it's not about the college basketball game. By the speaking of that, hey, I would like to bet on the Illinois-Baylor game. We have two top five teams playing tonight. Thank you, Illinois legislature. I cannot bet on the Illinois-Baylor game because... It was a genius decision to, uh, let's pass sports betting you, but you can't wager on any sporting events involving Illinois teams. I want to see Northwestern win the Big Ten Championship and Illinois win the ship in uh, men's college basketball. Two things that none of us could bet on. I'd love to see that because that would be a bigger mess. They need to fix that immediately. Anyways, Adrian Wojnarowski, breaking news. Houston has agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall and a first-round pick. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Not Westbrook moving. I think many of us expected that to happen. But to Washington? For John Wall to be involved to match the contracts? And a one? Okay, that makes sense. But I didn't think Washington was going to be the landing spot here. Russell Westbrook over to the Eastern Conference. Jordan Malley, you're my uh, bull slash NBA guy. What, was Washington on the radar here? Yes. I think last year a lot of people forgot about him because of just kind of the weird shift. And John Wall was still hurt. Bradley Beal was playing, but here and there. I think this is a desperate pitch by the Wizards to tell Bradley Beal, hey, man, don't ask for a trade out. We're trying to build something around you. We will do what you want. And I think the first step was like, make me the clear star on this team. Go find me somebody else I can work with outside of John Wall because it clearly isn't working between us. I think that is huge. And also Berton signing the big deal, five years, 85 million in the offseason. So they're going to be in the mix. I know they already were before. But now they they have an upper hand, you would assume, unless it all goes bad there in D.C., which we all know it can go bad. <laughs> uh, they're going to be in a mix for a playoff spot. The, the yearly debate before the season starts and before every Bulls player gets injured on the court is, oh, well, maybe they'll take that step together. They, they have a young core of guys. We like the talent they've assembled. In spite of Jim Boylan, that was the conversation in the past, maybe they can be a playoff spot. Well, it looks like Washington might be taking one of those uh, spots, seven, eight seed in the East maybe, huh? By the way, back off my guy, uh, Noah Vonley. He's my guy. I don't even know what you're doing. Listen, I know everyone that went to Indiana. I'm pulling for Indiana. I hope that Michigan does not play against them. 
Michigan is not playing this weekend. Maybe in two weeks they're not going to play Ohio State. That would bring me a lot of joy because that would mean Ohio State is ineligible for the Big Ten championship game, which likely means Indiana would play the team Ohio State beat. Um, Ohio State against Northwest. I mean, Indiana against Northwestern. Does that get you excited? I only want because I put a 50 to 1 ticket on Indiana when I saw the Ohio State news that their last game was called. I did the exact same thing. I'd love to see it. I got it at 42 to 1. But stop stop with the Noah Vonley excitement. What are you even talking about, man? Former lottery pick. Didn't work out. He he was a Big Ten player of the year. Yeah, Big Ten player of the year has been bounced around a bunch of different places. AK yeah. saw something in Denver that he likes, and he's got high basketball IQ, works hard, and he's the type of player they're looking for. And he's just got an right, invite Jordan, to this camp. Is, this is what you got to do. Let's stop this. This is this is supposed to be a real organization. They have a real decision maker, a real GM, a real head coach. Stop messing around and talking about the end of the roster guys, some of these bench guys. Forget all that. They're, they're going to try to be a big boy organization. Talk about, get excited about players that matter. Like I understand you were, you've been beaten down over the years. The last time the Bulls were a decent team, you were a very young kid. You don't remember the heyday. You never lived it. You just hear the tales. And you were watching the last dance over the summer. And I'm sure that, was, that opened your eyes a whole lot uh, about what this organization used to be. But no, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I agree on the big boy the big, organization. Let's talk about the big boy problems. Let's uh, let's talk about the big boy problems. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. But you can't get saved from rock bottom, <laughs> Joe. You can't get saved by from rock bottom when you're three thousand feet underneath the water and you got six length, six feet of rope. Like that doesn't work. You get it doesn't. It, things don't change overnight. And and I know. Man, I, but no I'll be honest Vonley. with you, the, the, the 90s Bulls era fans out there that haven't paid attention to this Bulls team in 20 years, I'm getting real sick and tired of hearing that. Still talking about the organization the same way it was five years ago, the same way it was 10 years ago. I'm tired of hearing about that. So I'm with you. I want to win. I want to win and do it the right way. But sometimes sometimes you've got to add these rotation pieces, these other plug-and-play pieces <laughs> to the stars in order to make it work. How many times did it take LeBron to, to, to make it work? Obviously, before he went They're to the They're not going to win anything this year, so it doesn't matter. Buy right? low, sell high on guys. Buy low and sell high on guys. You only are able to do that and put yourself in that position when you make small moves like this. And I'm not saying well, it's, the end of, it's the end of the world, like, oh, no, Vonley's going to be the next all-star or anything, but <laughs> it's not a bad care move. Of, care about what you heard yesterday, that... Larry Markkinen is telling, he's doing the Jose Abreu. He's telling his agent, I'm going back there. Get me there. I don't care what you have to do. Worry about that. Yeah, he's not getting, he's not getting four years, 80 million. I think that it's going to be somewhere around there, but the Bulls are not giving that to him. That's what he's going to ask for, but. Oh, he, he decided to give up his leverage by telling everybody whatever. I told my agent, whatever you have to do, go get a deal done. That's the deal. (laughs) <laughs> Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, what what do you think, Trubisky or Lombardi first, Jordan? You tell me. Let's go to let's go to Trubisky first. Okay, that's good. I yeah, I saw this press conference live today. I thought there were a couple interesting things. Uh, quarterback, coach, coach is his job on the line right now. None of us really know. There's this assumption that Ryan Pace is on his way out the door. 
I will personally believe it when I see it still under contract for another year. Uh, we'll find out how much the McCaskies really like them. I think no decisions have been made. Let's see how it plays out. This team could easily uh, get eight wins. Uh, nine would be tough for them, but there's that possibility. It still exists. They have a strong defense when they decide that they want to play. Uh, let's listen to Mitchell Trubisky. The first one, first cut, this is uh, less than a minute. His relationship with Matt Nagy now compared to when they went with Foles as a starting quarterback. Take a listen. Yeah, it's it's been up and down just like the season, really. When when I was uh, benched, I, I gave him a little more space so he could have that time to, to talk with Nick. And now that I'm back in it, we're communicating a lot more. And now that Coach Laser is calling the plays, I'm communicating a lot with him, but also staying on the same page with Coach Nagy. And um, just being a leader on this team and also being a quarterback, it's important for just to have that open communication with the coaches and just to keep everyone together, especially since we're uh, going through just a tough time in the season right now. And the focus for us is being 1-0, keeping this team together, leaders stepping up and leading, um, doing it with action. And it starts on the practice field today. And um, just enjoying playing football and make sure we're all doing our jobs. And that communication is definitely at the forefront and just being open, honest, and make sure we're always putting the team first. That was this afternoon. Did it sound like he didn't really talk to Matt Nagy when Nick Foles was a starter? <laughs> That's what I wrote into it. He just stepped back. Yeah, he didn't talk too much. A lot of listening. That had to be strange. Doing this for a few years now with this guy. He thought it was his guy. Uh-uh, Mitch. He wasn't your guy. He was begging the general manager to bring someone else. And he lobbied for Foles. Lobbied for him so much that they they traded an asset for that guy. Uh, here's tr more of Trubisky. How about Laser? You mentioned Laser uh, calling plays. That's a little bit of a change. Well, how is it different? I believe Chris Emma asked that question of 670thescore.com. How is it different with Laser? Uh, calling the plays. Yeah, that was the, one of the main things uh, throughout the game. I felt like I did have uh, good input going into the game. I was very excited about the game plan and just the way the game went. We weren't able to get to a lot of the stuff we had planned for the game. So uh, that happens throughout the game. I mean, everyone has a plan until kickoff and, and, and something changes. But uh, I was excited about it. I felt like they they used my input, and we had things in the offense that I liked and I was comfortable with. We had good communication with Coach Laser throughout the game, and I felt like it was overall positive, but we just can't have the game get out of balance that way so we could stay within our plan and stay, stay within the game plan and just continue to execute our offense. Mitch Trubisky with the media today. Um, I, I was thinking about this, that if Matt Nagy was still calling the plays, like, we're going to complain about him no matter what. But if he was still the, the play caller, we'd be going nuts about the issue in the past. It doesn't seem like a whole lot has changed. They moved the football a little bit on Sunday night, but okay, garbage time, great. There was some garbage time against the Colts too, some of their other losses this year. Most of their scoring this season has come during garbage time. It's just empty calories. But are they helping Mitch? He talked about taking shots down the field. Um... I'm sure in the meeting they didn't say take shots into double and triple coverage, but he decided to do that. But are they putting him in a position to succeed? There are a couple of things he does well, just doesn't fit into Matt Nagy's offense. That didn't really seem to change, and I didn't expect a ton to change because Laser was still here. 
He was the offensive coordinator when they would game plan all week. So he was part of those meetings, part, talking about the plays that they want to use. Okay, now he's actually calling the plays. Well, of course, Matt Nagy's still involved in the offense all week. He tells you he's hands-off when it comes to the defense. He's been saying that for three years now. So I don't believe people really expected that much to change. Maybe it was just a lot of hope that it would. But that's pretty foolish because the players aren't changing. The coaches aren't changing. Just make this big announcement. Okay, this guy's going to call the plays. Well, it's the same plays. Maybe a little bit different, but we didn't see Trubisky utilize his legs at all. Nagy's still calling the plays. We're calling him out on that one. So it's laser. Nobody ends up saying anything. Still not scoring points. <laughs> the offense is still a problem, even though you change the play color. It's it's so bad. It's The issues are bigger than one person. I think we all know that. Unless we're talking about Ryan Pace. And his scouts. Yeah. Where'd you go, Ryan Pace? Yeah, please go. Just go. Just use that last word. Go. Hopefully George will use that at the end of the season. Michael Lombardi this morning on the Mully and Haw show. Uh, some people think he hates the Bears. I think he's just honest. He just lays it out. These are the issues... This is why I don't respect what they're doing. They have a lot of problems. It's not just Pace. It's not just Nagy. It's all over that organization. Here's Lombardi with Haw talking about Pace and Nagy. And um, why you can't just make one move. It's a multitude of issues with this organization. Uh, Take a listen to this clip. From the million well, I think you have to, you know, like I've said many times before, we're in the veterinarian business. The patient doesn't speak to us. So you have to have systems in place to help you. And, and the system for football is simply this players, coaches, and scheme. And you've got to be able to really understand where the players are fault, where the coaching is fault, where the schemes at fault. And you've got to be really honest. And when you look at the Bears, if you're the general manager or the president, if you're Ted Phillips or the McCaskey family, you have to look at can the coach solve problems? Can he solve problems? And if his ex- if his area of expertise is the area that it's not getting solved, you've got real concerns. You've got real concerns because you can't fix it if that guy's expertise is in that area and he can't fix it. That tells you maybe you have the wrong guy. So when you look at the Bears, certainly the quarterbacking position has is, is, is been problematic for three years. So we know that's players. The scheme is not very good. You've had two rushing touchdowns, one by a quarterback, one by a running back. So they don't play with any power. You know, last year you had eight. I was making fun of you when you had eight rushing touchdowns last year for Chicago, Illinois, cold weather city, windy, tough eight rushing touchdowns this year, too. So you know the scheme's not very good. And then, obviously, are the players getting better? And you can honestly say no. You know, the utilization of Cordell Patterson makes you wonder about the coaching. The guy averages under three yards a carry, yet they insist on giving him the ball out of the backfield. So, to me, it's broken in three areas. And when you're broken in three areas, you have to make complete changes to fix it because there's just not one easy solution. Where's the lie? Michael Lombardi on the Mullion Haw Show this morning on 670, the score. Where's the lie? All right, let's break it down with Matt Nagy. 
The Lombardi just did it. Players, coaches, scheme. Is Matt Nagy solving your issues? Is he making it better? The answer is no. Are players getting better under the coaching of Matt Nagy? Under his assistance, which he keeps swapping in and out every single year. Oh, no, it's this coach. Ah, it's the, No, it's that coach. Well, at some point, you've got to look in the mirror, and it's you. What's his area of expertise? Why was he brought here? Sure, part of it is to be a leader, be the CEO, but he isn't that. He says he's hands-off when it comes to defense. Give me your list of offensive players that have developed under Matt Nagy and his coaching staff. I will wait. Where is it? Where is it? Pace is whiffed on a lot of players. But, you know, after that first year, it was pretty obvious. I mean, they've talked about their relationship, Pace and Nagy. Matt's been involved with the selection of some of these players the last couple of years. You think Ryan Pace went rogue and he decided to go take a tight end with his first pick? How's that working out so far? Based on the amount of time, the amount of targets that we see on the field, coaching staff is not a fan of Cole Komet in his rookie season. How's that working out? Keep signing free agents on defense. Keep drafting players on defense. Why is the offense not working? I don't understand. You're going to miss in free agency. Every general manager does it. I won't kill him for that. I won't. Because there's some hits too. But just the process on the offensive side of the ball makes no sense to me. And the longer they wait on Allen Robinson, I'm convinced that he's not coming back. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it's not Ryan Pace that's going to make that decision. But I think you can make that case now. The entire offense is so broken, a very, very good wide receiver is not going to fix it. With Allen Robinson, you are the second worst offense in the NFL. Well, if he's not here, what are you at worst? 32? Go from 31 to 32. What's the big difference? If you're able to turn things around, how many? How old is Robinson going to be? It's going to probably be a couple more years. He'll still be good. I don't know if he'll be this good. Here's more of Lombardi. On uh, the Mullion Haw show, more on the pace, Negi issues, and of course, it, it begins and ends with the quarterback, just like every other team in the NFL. Well, you know, you need to go back to basics. You need to say, look, we have made a we made a terrible mistake. I mean, I found it kind of funny that NBC was talking about how you know the torch was passed from Aaron Rodgers for 15 minutes for Deshaun Watson, and then it went to. Then it went to Patrick Mahomes, and they never mentioned that MVP Mitch was part of that same draft class. I mean, it was funny how they just skimmed over that. But you can't skim over that. You have to face the reality that we have to get better at quarterback. And the mandate has to be, look, until we fix our quarterback position, we're never going to be able to challenge these teams to win because the rules are set up against the monsters of the midway. We can't dominate games with defense any longer. So we're going to have to go out and find a quarterback. And the only way you go find a quarterback – is to be honest with yourself, and that's the biggest challenge. And I think that's really what has to happen at Hallis Hall is stop the blame game, stop saying, you know, we're going to fix this player here, understand your offensive line is a mess, your quarterbacking situation is a mess, and to win championships you need a great line and you need a great quarterback. That's right. 
One offseason isn't going to fix all that. And, you know, that leads me into the next talking point, which I'm glad that Lombardi hit. Because I, I talked about this on last night's show. And I talked about it on Monday on Betswets too. This idea of Akeem Hicks, well, oh, he's out there, so they can't stop the run. He's injured, so, you know, that first drive, they're just going to jam it down your throats. No, no, no. I, I hear elite defense, Super Bowl-ready defense. That's what people throw out there all the time. Super Bowl-ready defense doesn't lose one player and then do nothing. Super Bowl-ready defense slash elite defense, if you, if you have an elite player on the edge... They aren't a ghost for the entire game. They have at least one hit on the quarterback. Klomak had zero. Here's Lombardi on Akeem Hicks. Well, I mean, that's the simple... Look, no one loves Akeem Hicks more than I do. The day we traded for him, my wife and I were driving to an event. We were on a bye week, and and I could not have been more ecstatic about we traded Michael Human, I can't pronounce his last name, a backup tight end for Hicks because Sean had gotten tired of Hicks. You know, he gotten tired of the inconsistencies. And to me, we practiced against New Orleans in West Virginia, and he was one of the most dominant players I've seen. So when we traded for him, I was excited. And he's a great player. I love him. We should have signed him for a long-term deal. That's a huge mistake by New England uh, by not doing that. We really made a bad decision there. And so, yes, he's huge, but no player, no player is you can't overcome. And it's a convenient to say we miss ticks. Yes, certainly you miss ticks. There's no doubt you miss ticks. But there, you're also missing a lot of other things. And I think the reality of it is, is, is because of their inability to move the football, to generate any offense, to be able to play competitively. Think about this, guys. They've scored 107 points of their 216 in the fourth quarter. What does that tell us? That tells us they're always behind and they're scoring late. So the defense, whether it's Hicks is in or not, they're playing too much. And the offense is at fault for a lot of the problems. And your head coach is an offensive coach. Garbage time. Garbage time. When you look at the numbers, they're actually kind to the Bears. The offense is worse than the numbers show. The numbers are bad. <laughs> it's so bad. The amount of times that they've played a game and they don't score a touchdown in the entire first half. The way the rules are set up now, everything is geared for scoring. When you have a great offense, pit it up against a great defense. You saw it on display Sunday night. And don't put it all on Hicks. If you're a great defense, you can overcome that. 100% correct. And yes, I agree with you that he's probably the second best player on this defense. You can still overcome that if you're great. They're not great. And they showed a lot of quit. I can't wait to see how they come out on Sunday. Matt Nagy, read the room when he called out his players. How are they going to respond to that? Are they going to respond? Or does loss number five turn into loss number six in a row, and this time it's against the Lions? Matt uh, Stafford, he was limited in practice today. Foles returned to practice. He was also limited. Trubisky is going to be starting. Trubisky against a team that usually he has success against. But remember, what happened this year? For three quarters, he wasn't having any success against Detroit. And I expect them to be motivated 
the fired head coach, fired GM game. We've seen how that's played out this year. For the Falcons, it was good. They've been good since they fired their head coach. I believe they're 4-2 and two straight up. And for the Texans, they've been a lot better. They're a winning team since they fi- fired their head coach and general manager Bill O'Brien. One shot, get out of here. Bears are going to have Watson coming up too. Boy, this Lions team, they might show up. And we all remember that it probably should have been a loss against Detroit if they could hold on to the football in the final moments of the game. And then what are we saying about this team now? Three quarters, he did not have a lot of success against a very soft Lions defense. So I'd be a little concerned about pointing to those splits. Oh, Trubisky's starting because he's so good against the Lions. He wasn't so good against the Lions earlier on this year. 312-644-6767. So Devin Hester did this video, and it was posted on Bleacher Report. I watched it twice. I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. It was Hester telling a Jay Cutler story, bringing you behind the scenes. What was it like being Jay Cutler's teammate? And Hester shared a couple of stories. I'm going to bring that to you next. I'm Joe Ostrowski at 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. Shaheen's talented. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. And this far, I'm going to take my talents to the Joe O Show. My part of the problem, I'm watching this Rockefeller Plaza performance, whatever they call it. Gwen Stefani, how old is she? She looks the same as 20, yeah, it'd be 20 years ago. No, more than that, 25 years ago at least. Looks the exact same. Unbelievable. Well, not the exact same. It's more grungy than 51. she was when. She's 51? She does not look 51 at all. Wait, she's, <laughs> it's on Wikipedia, so it's got to be true. You know, for first, yeah, you, you see that born, born, I'm sure that's where you saw that she was 51. It says partner Blake Shelton. I did not know this. Should I have known this? I probably should have known this. When you have kids, when you, you know, you start to lose track of what's going on in the entertainment world. I didn't know they were together. Just says partner. <laughs> it's kind of weird. All right, Joe Ostrowski with you, Sports Radio 670. The score with you on a Wednesday evening. We've got Bears replay coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, so we'll bring you Bears Packers if you want to hear the call and some of the reactions from Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer during the game. You can check that out if you were watching the TV version live on Sunday night. 312 644 6767. 67. So Jordan, this is this was like a, a video piece done by Bleacher Report and they trimmed it down to a few video clips, right? With Devin Hester? Yes, that is correct. So you hear a little bit of a music bed underneath, but that's why. Okay. I don't remember Hester being the best with the media. He was always willing to talk, a fun guy, but the answers weren't great. He wasn't a go-to guy or anything like that. But hey, those Bears teams, it's not like Olin Krutz was a go-to guy and he's a media superstar right now. One of the best Bears analysts that you could find. But Hester was terrific telling some Jake Cutler stories. I I saw Lawrence Holmes tweet this out uh, last night after my show. Uh, I was watching some college hoops and I was like, 
Wow, this is amazing. So this would, the old Hallis Hall, this brings you into the hallways, right? We call it the hallways at the score, and it literally was the hallways at Hallis Hall. Devin Hester tells us what it was like to be a teammate of, De- a teammate of Jay Cutler. Not, not just an average old teammate, right? Not an end-of-the-roster guy. This is Devin freaking Hester. Many believe he's going to the Hall of Fame. Game changer. The amount of touchdowns that he scored. You know, Cutler's offense isn't putting up points. Well, Devin Hester was doing it on special teams, and he was trying to help on the offense. Here's, here's Hester on his relationship with Cutler, and then he tells a hilarious practice story involving Brandon Marshall. Other question I always had about your career was why you weren't used more as a wide receiver. Especially yeah. in Chicago, it seemed like those first couple of years, they were kind of easy to you in a similar way that, you know, guys like Cordell Patterson right now right, right, you know, right. are being used. Right. What happened there? Why didn't you get more opportunities as a wide receiver? What did you feel the real reason behind that was? So my third year is when I redid a new contract and became the number one receiver. That's the same year we brought in Jay Cutler. He's not really a sociable guy. He's not a talker, you know what I mean? He picks one or two guys, and he just leashes on them and separates himself from everybody. As a quarterback, like, I tell him to this face today that, to me, my years in the NFL, I played 11 years. He's the best quarterback when it comes to accuracy, power, knowledge of the game. The best quarterback hand down I ever played with. Now, when it comes to a leadership, the worst. The worst? The worst. He don't know how to communicate. He don't know how to get his teammates involved. For me to be like, at that time, one of the number one and number two receivers, like, you supposed to have my back regardless. So clearly, y'all didn't have the best relationship. Nah. I feel like, personally, the only person I feel has been cool with Jay Cutler is, is Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. It just, it feel like every other person has some sort of story or some sort of disagreement or at odds with Jay Cutler. That's true that you mentioned that. So, B. Marshall voices pain a lot. Mm-hmm. Him and Jay Cutler came in together. And them, they were like brothers. Like, they argued. B. Marshall was Cuss them out and let them know how they feel. I'm on the sideline. We're in practice, right? They doing pregame, warming up, tossing and throwing the ball. Jay Cutler and B. Marshall get into it. <laughs> B. Marshall yell out, I made you. You know what I mean? You want for me? You, you want me, Jay Cutler? All these pro bowl stuff, you got you got this because of me. I'm looking at Julius Pepper. He looking at me. I say, listen here. We finna make a bet. I say, <laughs> I bet you Jay Cutler throw B. Marshall the ball. If he throwing the ball, you give me $50. If he don't throw it to be more, I'm going to give you $100. That's how confident you were? That's how confident I was. I said, I know how to practice and go. He mad at Jay, not Jay Cutler for giving the ball the whole practice. What you walk away from? We stopped betting. The <laughs> bet stopped. He, we stopped the bet at 21 passes. He threw it. 21 to Marshall? He threw it 21 passes to be Marshall. 21 straight. I looked at the coach like, are you really kidding me? And wasn't nobody say nothing. That would really piss me off. 21 times straight, bro. That's like a rack you got from that. We stopped betting. He said, bro, I don't even bet no more, bro. <laughs> he gonna have to give you your game check at some point. 21 times straight, bro. What was Julius say. Pepper saying? After 21 times, you looking straight laugh. at Julius. He was just laughing. He was like, I can't believe this, bro. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe this, bro. Like, this is really what y'all offense got going on, bro. Like, bro, listen. They argue like cats and dogs. That's why B. Marshall give Jay Cutler all the praise, man. <laughs> That is phenomenal. So at first, you're like, oh, I mean, what a jerk this guy is. He won't even give a head nod. He won't even say hello to Devin Hester in the hallway. Like, he can't be cordial. Can't be just a normal dude. 
He hates interaction so much he won't even look at you. I'm gonna look down while I'm passing by in the hallway. Nothing. I gotta be honest. I would have lost that bet too. Because I look at Cutler. Now I knowing nothing about the relationship, I would have guessed, I would have jumped on the Julius Pepper side and thinking, okay, Cutler's gonna be ticked off. He's not gonna throw him the ball, and it's gonna get Brandon Marshall more upset. That's what I would have bet on. But 21 straight passes, and those coaches are saying nothing. Nothing. Was that March then? I'd have to look back. 21 plays in a row. Lovey, anything? Got anything, man. Come on. Something. That one really pissed me off. 21 times straight, bro. 21 straight. I looked at the coach like, are you really kidding me? 21 in a row. <laughs> that is a phenomenal story. Just a great one, man. There was so much drama with that roster. Woo. I didn't check to see, but I wonder if any of the Bears beat reporters followed up and kind of knew about that story. Did you know about that story at all before hearing it? Or I, I didn't hear it. I know there are a lot of stories that are floating out there, but... You'd want uh, you'd want the players to come forward. I'm happy that Hester doesn't really care that he's willing to do that. So I wonder which year it was. They do have that brother relationship, though, right? Where they can cuss each other out and scream at each other, but if somebody else does it, there's probably a problem. Correct, and that takes and that takes a while to develop too. And that's not just in football either. You know, you have that that long time relationship. They can get fired up at each other, but then at the end of the day, they know that they've got each other's backs, which is crazy. You still hear Brandon Marshall talk uh, highly of of Jay Cutler. So I wonder. So Marshall was here twenty twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Lovey, uh, the head coach for that first year. And Mike Tice was the offensive coordinator, which I could see him just letting anything fly. Or was it in 2013 when Trustman was here and they bring in Aaron Cromer, the guy that uh, had the tearful apology? Or in 14 when it was Trustman's second year and everything went to hell? Well, I would guess it was one of the Trustman years. I should not have said anything about Lovey. Just knowing that, that it was two years of Trustman, and it felt like everyone was happy in year one of Trustman. But they didn't respect the guy and everything went wrong. I mean, I how much have we talked about 2014 this week? It felt like we were back there on Sunday night as the Bears lost to the Packers in embarrassing fashion once again. And that's what ended the Trustman tenure. We found out uh, weeks and weeks later that the Bears brass decided up at Lambeau Field after the game in one of those press boxes that they were going to move on from the general manager and the head coach after getting embarrassed in back-to-back weeks, also off a bye, by the way, this time in 2014. Maybe that happens. Let it play out. People want pace fired. I'm not buying it. Believe it when I see it. Let's see how the year finishes. You go from five and one to five and eleven. How could you possibly keep anyone? All these other teams are moving forward. Pandemic or not, they don't give a damn. Four general managers already launched. Already. This hour in the score is brought to you by the Exergen Twice Daily Thermometer. I uh, got some bulls notes I want to hit next. 
I'm Joe Ostrowski on 670, the score in the radio.com app. So get that quarterback and keep playing the deep ball. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670 The Score. We've got a Bears replay, Bears Packers coming your way, 8 o'clock. Your different time of the call. Right here, 670 The Score. This is uh, my last show of the week on The Score until Saturday morning. Every Saturday, it's early odds, 8 to 9 a.m. Just like every Friday, I will join Lawrence Holmes at 1 o'clock to talk about handicapping the Bears-Lions game and then some of the other games that I am taking a look at for the weekend in NFL and college football and a few other things on my mind, too. Um, I'll make sure that we, we get into with Lawrence since... You can't wager. I'm still mad. Still mad. So this Illinois-Baylor game is starting pretty soon. Now, I know they're taking a longer time between games, so maybe it's going to be pushed back a little bit to make sure they sanitize uh, everything on these courts. It's scheduled to start in about 10 minutes, but it's going to be much later than that. Probably. Probably. But... um, you can't bet on this game legally in the state of Illinois. So what's going to happen if Illinois wins the championship? What about Northwestern? If you wanted to place a wager on the Big Ten Conference, you want to bet Northwestern at 150 to 1 at some places, 200 to 1 at others? You couldn't do that. It was not on the board. Whatever you picked, it's a loser because you couldn't bet on it in Illinois if that's the case, if that ends up happening. So we'll see. Yeah, this... Uh, the Illinois game is definitely going to be pushed back. There are still 11 minutes left in Gonzaga and West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia holding on to a one-point lead with about 11 minutes left at the Jimmy V Men's Classic. Uh, Jordan Malley, you co-host Locked on Bulls. Did you have a big takeaway from yesterday, the conversations going on with some of the Bulls players the front office or the new head coach, Billy Donovan. I, I talked to Cody Westerland on the show about it last night. Obviously, I think the big lead was what Lori Markinen had to say. But anything else, I I just kept going back to, and it's it's what I was joking with you earlier, is that um, just hearing all of them talk, it's a reminder of the Mickey Mouse organization that we had here a matter of months ago, and now they everything seems like a professional operation now. It is kind of crazy when you think about it, like down to the very, very small details too, Joe, which is it's just fascinating and it's refreshing too as a Bulls fan who's had to sit through three years of just losing. And every morning I would wake up and say, what is the headline that's going to embarrass this team now nationally? And it happened week after week after week. The thing that stuck out to me the most was what Levine actually had to say. He kind of addressed mm. the the trade rumors and all of that. And I thought, I think the takeaway from him wasn't necessarily what he said, but just the way he kind of responded goes in line with if he does get dealt sometime this season and he's not part of this Bulls team in the future, I think there's a mutual respect between him and the front office and saying, hey, man, we're not we're not as close as we thought we were to winning. And we know winning is huge for you now. You already got your payday. You're going to get it again in two years. So let's try to see maybe we can find you a fit that you're going to go to and win right now. I think that I think that mutual relationship and that respect can still happen even if Levine gets dealt here in the next year. And I, I still think Bulls 
Bills fans are trying to grasp that, grasp the aspect that a player leaves this organization and needs to be upset about that, right? I, I think that's the mold that you need to try to change. And the perfect guy to do it with would be the guy that is going to retain you the most assets in Zach Levine. But if that conversation goes down, it isn't just, hey, we're doing this big thing for you. We respect you. We want you to win. We also want you gone because... Um, we're not ready to win. We want to get some assets if we can for you too. But obviously, yeah, you're right. That's how they would certainly sell it. And for him, like he's talked about wanting to play with big stars and what it would be like to play with guys like LeBron or guys like KD. And and to LeBron him, inks his deal with the Lakers today. Was it 84 million? Yes. Two years. Yes. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe check back in two years to see what AD's long-term plan is after that. That would be the best. I'm going to say, I, I guess LeBron's going to retire a Laker, but I don't know. I, he can keep going. Especially if he plays at, even if he plays at 70% of this level. And, you know, the unique opportunity to play with Bronny James, I think, is still lingering around there. So oh. check back in two years because Bronny will be a, a guy that's going to be a part of the 2023 or 2024, 2023 a draft class. So that lines up with LeBron's free agency. Uh, yes, but he's a completely different player that LeBron is. And I am also expecting him to have like another growth spurt or potentially two before he even enters the NBA draft. So we're talking another two or three years of growth and development in high school, just from a physical standpoint. It's insane. Hmm. Uh, earlier this hour, the Cubs made it official. They non-tendered Kyle Schwarber. Here's Jed Hoyer. Listen, he's always going to be a Cubs legend. There's no question about that. Excuse me? Uh, Jordan Bastian tweets out from Cubs.com, there's interest on both sides for a reunion, doors and clothes to stay with the Cubs, but a player like Schwarber will have a market. Yeah, I keep hearing that. I don't believe it. If they wanted Schwarber to be here for $8 bucks, they would have brought him back. Eric Hahn was saying something close about Mazzara and Rodon. No, no. Rodon's gone. That's it. They need, some, they need more dependable people in that rotation because they're ready, ready to win right now. They can't have a bunch of maybes. They can't use four, five, slot six, or seven, if you want to call them that, on the rotation on guys like that. And you don't know if they're going to be there for you every fifth day. No. They're going to say all the right things out of respect for him. And uh, hopefully there's a market for both of those players. But uh, they're gone. I would be very surprised. Very surprised if they were to come back on a very, very cheap deal. Now, I say that without knowing what free agency is going to look like. Keep that in mind when you hear people say, oh, it's only $8 million. It's so cheap. Bring them back. Um, all right, let's see how much money spent this offseason. Let's see if $8 million is nothing in this specific offseason after owners lose millions and millions and millions of dollars. All right, uh, I'm out of time because we've got Bears replay coming up next between the Bears and the Packers. My name is Joe Ostrowski. Follow me on Twitter at Joe0670. I want to thank my executive producer, Jordan Malley, tonight. I'll be back here on The Score uh, Friday, 1 o'clock with Lawrence Holmes for our weekly visit. And then Saturday morning, early odds, 8 to 9 a.m. right here on 670 The Score, all NFL all college football. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, every day, Monday through Friday in the morning, I'll be on Bet Sweats live 9 to 11 a.m. on the radio.com app. You just search Bet Sweats or uh, check out the podcast. It's usually up around noon. Subscribe to that on iTunes, Spotify, or radio.com. Enjoy Bears Packers next. I'll talk to you in a bit on 670, the score on the radio.com app. 
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.